thank you for tuning in to the Everyday Christian Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we show that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. Here is your host, Chase Green. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 10 of the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green, and today we're going to continue our discussion from last week on evangelism with John Mitchell. Before we do that, though, I'd like to highlight one of our Scattered Abroad Network podcasts, and this week we're going to highlight the Bible Storming podcast. This is a podcast that premieres on the Scattered Abroad Network on the second and fourth Sundays of each month. Your host for this podcast is Daniel Webster. The Bible Storming Podcast is a deep dive into scripture, theology, and spirituality. Quick-fire, content-saturated, thought-provoking is what this podcast is all about. So be sure to check out the Bible Storming Podcast each second and fourth Sunday of each month. Now let's continue our discussion with John Mitchell on evangelism. Uh, You mentioned fears. What do you think are some fears, some apprehensions, uh, that are holding people back from evangelism. You mentioned uh, the idea of of rejection or or uh, not wanting to offend people. You think there are any other fears that maybe hold people back? I think right now that in most situations that is the main one: uh, fear of ostracism, fear of mockery. Uh, are there some situations where someone's uh, someone's career could be on the line yes in some situations there are uh it that they're they're not they're not that many in this country i mean we might think that there are and maybe in the future that might change but generally speaking um the most people risk in america to talk about uh, jesus christ with others is uh they risk ridicule and ostracism. Um, jail time? No, not really. Uh, would, they, would they risk fines, maybe? Uh, it depends. Maybe if you're running a bakery. You know, we've heard about that. Um, but in most cases, it's ostracism. And, you know, I understand that because, I mean, when was the last time that you woke up in the morning, Chase, and you said, Today's going to be a wonderful day because today I'm going to go out and offend as many people as I possibly can. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Right. No, we, we, don't, we don't want to offend people, and we don't want people to think badly of us. That is a very human trait, and, and it has its positive uses. It does. But at the same time, um, I look at it this way. It, if I woke up at 2 a.m. and I looked out the window and I saw that my neighbor's house was on fire um, and I knew my neighbor's phone number, would, would I say to myself, well, you know, I'm not going to call him because it's 2 o'clock in the morning and I don't want to anger him because I might wake him up. And if he wakes up, you know, and I wake him up at 2 a.m., he's going to get mad at me. And I just don't want to do that. So it'll be okay. (laughs) No, we're going to, 
we see the danger. We see the man's in danger of losing his life, the life of his loved ones. So we don't care if he's upset with us that we woke him up at 2 a.m. We're going to call him. We're right. going to run over there and bang on the door of his house. Right. Do everything we can to save his life, you know? And I think it then, I think really it gets back to what I alluded to earlier. Do we as Christians really believe that from a spiritual perspective, from looking at it from an eternal perspective, the people we know who are outside of Christ, that their spiritual house is on fire? Do they? Do we really believe that or do we? Do, have we convinced ourselves deep down that in the end they're going to go to heaven too? They're just going there by a different road. Right. I think that a lot of us have have deep down convinced us convinced ourselves of that. Maybe fear plays a factor in that. We we convince ourselves of that because we're afraid of offending. But um, that's the main reason I think. Right. It's a fear of ridicule, which leads to a lack of faith in what the Bible actually says. I completely agree with you, and I think the second, probably the second most reason for, for fear in, in evangelism situations is, well, I don't know my Bible well enough, and what if they ask a question that I don't know how to answer, or what if uh, they start debating me and they, they beat me in the debate? Well, that's a problem, too. I mean, we need to know our Bibles, and... uh yeah. I do think that that is severely lacking compared to uh, in times past in the church. Yes, we're going to be talking about ways to, uh, methods to use to uh, to uh, have Bible studies with people. And one of the, the, the first step that I'm going to bring out, we'll talk more about it in a second, is you got to, you personally, Christian, you have to learn more about the Bible. Yep. You have to learn more about the Bible, and if that's holding you back, if you recognize, well, I'm just not ready for this. I, I don't know. I don't know enough. Okay, well, you're the only one that can change that. Why? Uh, why do you think that we have these Bible classes and sermons every single week? Why? Why are you listening to this podcast right now? What, what's the purpose right. behind this podcast? Uh, any any instruction that you get at church. Um, any any time you, I mean, the fact that you even own a Bible, why do you own a Bible? Why did God providentially put that in your hands? You know, turn off the TV during your free time. Turn off, uh, turn off the uh, the news. Uh, leave your garden alone for a day, and take some time and immerse yourself in the Word. Broaden your horizons. Learn more about the Bible. Take advantage of the preacher. And here's what I mean by that. You know, there are some members of the church that, that think that the preacher only works on Sundays. Uh, the preacher doesn't have enough to do. Okay, well, you know what you can do? if you if I don't know if you believe that or not, Christian. But if you want to give the preacher something to do, then call him up on Monday. Call him up on Tuesday. Call him up on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and say, hey, I'm studying this book. I'm studying this verse in the Bible, and I want to know what it means. You know what? I had a, um, Chase, I had a dear sister from Christ, in Christ uh, from Duncan, South Carolina, call me two days ago. And she's an, she's an older lady in the church, 
And she said, John, I just wanted to give you a call because I have three Bible questions for you, and I and I really would like your insights on them. Um, and the reason I'm having these questions for you, John, is because my hairdresser, I've been studying with him for 20 years. Every time I go in to uh, get my hair done, he and I get uh, have a talk about the Bible, and he brought out three things that I really did not know the answers to from the Bible, so I want, I was wondering if you could help me. I live for telephone calls like that. Absolutely. And there are there are there are members of the church that uh, I hate to say it, they're not that many. I wish there were more, but there are some that throughout the week I'll get a text from them, I'll get a Facebook private message or an email, I'll get a I'll get a telephone call. Uh, John, I'm studying the Bible, or hey, John, I'm having a Bible study with someone, and they asked me this, and, and I was wondering if you could help me out. Uh, I guarantee you, Christian, you will make your preacher's day if you call him for advice on things like that, because one of the jobs of a preacher and an elder and any Bible class teacher according to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Uh, we are here to help you, to help you yourself go out and bring the gospel to others. And um, so if you find that you're not, uh, if you're deficient in the level of knowledge of the Bible that you should have, and if you're a new convert, then, you know, grow. You know, grow in that knowledge. If you've been a member of the church for several decades now, and your level of knowledge of the scripture is still on the elementary level, well, that's a problem. And the, the person who is at fault of that is you. But you can change. You yep. can change. And take advantage of, of the fact that you own a Bible. Take advantage of the free time that you have. Immerse yourself in the Bible. Use people who know about the Bible. Uh, like the preacher, the elders, things of uh, people like that, uh, call them up, let them help you, and it won't take you that long before you find that you do know enough about the Bible to have a Bible study with someone. I definitely concur. Um, I'll confess this: one of the one of the main reasons I went to preaching school is because I was greatly bothered by the fact that I had never had a Bible study with anybody. Uh, barely spoken it, you know, two words to people about about uh, what I believe to be true from God's word, and I had spoken a few things here and there, but I didn't know how to get somebody into a Bible study. I didn't know how to convert somebody, and so I went to preaching school, and and I I learned, you know, how to do this, how to teach people, how to evangelize. So that was a, a very critical point uh, in my life. Well, let's let's get into how personal evangelism has suffered in recent decades, and I want to begin by telling this story that I heard recently. Uh, there was a, a congregation that had someone come forward that wanted to be baptized. Well, they uh, said, that's great, but our baptistry's broken, and we haven't used it in years. So they called another congregation up and said, hey, can we use your baptistry? Uh, we, we've got somebody who needs to be baptized, but our baptistry's broken. We haven't used it in so long. Well, they said, well, that's great, but uh, our baptistry's broken too, and uh, we haven't used ours in years either. Now, obviously, 
whether that's an anecdotal story or, or something that actually happened is beside the point. Certainly arrangements could be made. You could you could baptize somebody in a pond or a stream or a river or a swimming pool. Or you could keep making those phone calls and, and find a, a baptistry that's not broken. But this illustrates a major problem, and that is that we're not using our baptistries very often anymore. Uh, we're not adding souls to the church. Uh, well, the Lord adds them to the church, but we're not uh, putting forth those efforts so that that can take place nearly as much as we used to. And, and we're reaping the fruit of that. Churches in many, many places are dwindling down to, to 30, 20, 15 people, and, and then they're shuttering their doors forever. Sell the building, shut the door, and, and we're done. So that's a, a grave problem. And John, I want to ask you, how has evangelism suffered so much in, in the last two or three decades? Um, congregations are made up of individuals. And so, basically, the question is, what have individuals done, or more specifically, what have individual Christians not done in recent years that has contributed to the decline of personal evangelism? And we've already touched on on the lack of Bible study. Jesus is not truly first in every area of their lives. Um, you know, you alluded to the parable of the sower. Well, the parable of the sower is interesting because, you know, the first the first uh, type of soil that the seed fell on, uh, the wayside where the birds ate it up, Jesus said that is the person who just outright rejects the message. You're never going to get them into the baptistry. But then the the rocky soil and the thorny soil, those represented people that Jesus said initially at the beginning they did receive the word, which means that you did baptize them. They became members of the church. But then with the rocky soil, uh, during times of hardship and trial, they fell away. And you see that, uh, you know, Christians who you baptize, uh, but then at some point in the future, they just stop coming to church for, for whatever reason. But uh, then the thorny soil, though, the thorny soil is interesting because Jesus said that those are the ones who also, at the beginning, they heed the word, but they do not bear fruit. The fruit that they, their fruit is choked because they are distracted by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And I believe just from my own observations over 20 years, that is the majority of the people who sit in the pews in Churches of Christ in the United States of America. The majority of people, I'd say at least 70%, generally speaking, of a congregation, that they are distracted by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And so uh, they're not studying their Bibles like they should. They're not growing in their knowledge. They're not even giving thought to the spiritual situation of themselves and also their friends and their neighbors and everyone else. And so that that is the reason. Ultimately, when you take away everything else, that is the fundamental reason why uh, personal evangelism has been declining and baptistries have not been 
used all that often in uh, recent years. Well, and, you know, it's interesting. He says uh, some, and I can't remember the, the exact numbers, is it some gave forth fruit 20 and 30 fold and 100 fold? It's, uh, I may be off on those numbers, but the point is that you're not going to convert every single person you evangelize. And some people may evangelize and, and convert more than others. But the point is that we're supposed to be bringing forth some fruit. We're supposed to be evangelizing so that there are some people being converted. And then the kingdom grows exponentially because of that. But what we're seeing now in in our society today in the church is a continuous decline rather than than growth. Yes. And society, uh, we're living in a post-Christian society right now. Um, The Christian religion has lost a lot of the influence that it has had in our culture. So there are a, a growing number of people who are not interested in spiritual matters. Um, it, I don't think that that number is as large as we assume. Um, but I also think that the reason, one of the big reasons why our society has gotten to where it is, is because Christians have become less evangelistic. It all ties together. Yeah. Um, if we want to, if, our, if we want to get our culture to become more like what Christ would have it to be, then instead of focusing on things like politics, we need to focus on evangelism. We need to be we need to be going out there sharing Christ with more people, um, and not only will that help our society, but it will also help our church as well. I think I think apathy has a lot to do with it. We just don't care. I also think laziness has a lot to do with it as well. Because I mean it takes work. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to inconvenience yourself. You have been working at your job for eight to ten hours, uh, maybe longer. You go home, I mean that food's not gonna cook itself. Those kids aren't gonna give themselves baths, you know. Yeah. Uh, you got to take care of all that, and the kids are finally in bed. You finally have, you know, maybe thirty minutes to an hour of of rest and relaxation before it's time to go to bed. And you know what? It the the siren song of the television is strong. You know, I I mean I deserve this. It's my favorite television show. I deserve to just. Sit back and relax, and, and you know what? There's nothing inherently wrong with that, you know. But at the same time, um, when when like Martha, you focus on all these other things, and Jesus is saying, you know what? The best thing, the most profitable thing, is sitting at my feet. But you don't have time for that, right? You know, um, that it, it's we end up hurting ourselves, and we end up hurting the cause of Christ. Uh, you're going to have to bite the bullet and inconvenience yourself. You know, the you can go ahead and put off watching that episode when you have that 30 minutes to an hour of free time before bedtime. Go off and go ahead. Instead, you take 30 minutes of that hour 
take 30 minutes of that hour and immerse yourself in deep Bible study. Right. Uh, during during your lunch break, you know, you got, uh, you, instead of turn, opening up your phone and reading, going to your favorite app that gives you all the news of the day while you're eating your sandwich, open up your Bible app instead and read a section of the Bible that you've never read before. And uh, take notes. Take notes. Uh, and you know, you can do that even on your lunch break because you have that voice memo app on your phone. So you can even, if you want to, you can be reading something out of Ezekiel and then say, okay, I have no idea what this means. Note, note to self. Uh, when you get on the way home today, call up the preacher and ask him to explain Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 17 through 21 for me. You know, you can make time for God, and you do that day by day, every day, then you're going to notice a positive change. You're going to be able to share the gospel with more people. You're going to make a real difference, and you're going to help your church to grow instead of decline. Um, that's just, I, 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 let me share you, let me share the map with you, basically. Because really, it's just um, it's it's all it's a matter of it's a matter of math. The math speaks for itself. Let's say that let's say that you have a, a small church. You're saying the church a lot of churches are declining, right? Yep. So let's say that you have a small church, and that church has fifty Christians. Now I'm talking about. 50 baptized believers of all ages. Now, I'm not talking about their kids who aren't baptized yet. I'm not talking about the visitors who are not baptized. I'm talking about the members who are baptized. you got 50 Christians. Okay? Do the math along with me here. If every single one of those 50 Christians shares the gospel to just one person in a week, then that means by the end of the week, if anyway, excuse me, they share it to two different people a week. Fifty times two is a hundred. So they will have shared the gospel in just seven days with a hundred different people. A hundred different people that were invited to church in seven days. A hundred different people that were given a tract about the gospel. Uh, in just 168 hours, a hundred different people. A hundred different people that had a conversation about their civil a hundred different people who were shown how to have their sins forgiven from the actual pages of the Bible in one week. And, I mean, isn't that awesome to think about? Now, don't stop there, though. Let's keep doing the math. What if those 50 Christians in that small church, what if they decided to share the gospel with just two different people per week, not just for that one week, but every single week for an entire year? Two different people every week all 50 of them for one year. By the end of the year, the gospel would have been shared with 5,200 people. Now, what if they kept it up every week, two different people, for five years? By the end of five years, 26,000 people would have, would have been exposed to the gospel. What if they did it for 10 years? Two different people a week, every Year, every week, 10 years, 52,000 people, 52,000 souls would have been shown 
the good news of Jesus? What if they did it for 25 years? Just two different people, all 50 of them, two different people. 130,000 people would have been given the gospel in 25 years. 130,000 people. And what if they what if they went higher? What if they decided to do more than two people? What if they decided to do five different people per week? Think of that. Now, one more thing to keep in mind, okay? Uh, so all 50 members of that small church they share the gospel in some way with two different people per week for five years. So that means at the end of five years, they've shared the gospel with 5,200 people, right? Now, let's say that hardly any of those 5,200 people obeys the gospel. Let's, say, let's just say that only 10%, just 10% of that 5,200 people in five years believe the gospel, repent of their sins, and they're baptized under Christ. That's still a growth of numbers of 520 people. 520 people are now heaven-bound, and 520 people are now going to that church. Yeah. And it takes five years. Right. I mean, Christians, don't you want that? Don't you want that? Uh, the Institute for American Church Growth asked over 10,000 people the following question. What was, what was responsible for you coming to Christ and you being part of this church that you are a member of? Here are the replies. Only 3% said, I had a special need. Only 3% said, I just walked in. 6% said, I liked the preacher. 1% said, I visited there. Only 5% said, I liked the Bible classes. Exactly one half of 1%, that's 0.5%, said, I attended a gospel meeting. Think about that. 3% said, I am attending this church because I like their programs. But guess what? 79%, 79% said a friend or a family member who already went to this church invited me to come. And that's the main reason I am now a member of this church. 79%. So Christians, what does that tell you? You want the church that you are a part of to grow? You have to do your part. You want souls to be saved? It's only going to happen if you bring the gospel to them. The time is past for us to rely, stop relying, on the church marquee to do our evangelism for us and bring in the walk-ins. How many just walked in? Only 3%. How many became members because someone in that church had a Bible study with them and invited them, 79%. So Christians, that's how you grow a church. You have to do your part, and you have to do it diligently, consistently, every day. Preach. That's true. That is, I mean, you just, you hit the nail on the head, and I like how the math just simplifies that for us. I mean, just if we do our job, 
math tells us that you're going to see some growth. It may not be the level of growth that you thought you would like, but it's still going to be growth. And more than likely, it's going to be more growth, more than enough growth to keep sustaining the church going forward versus a continual decline, which is what we're seeing in many places today. We're going to go ahead and pause this discussion right there for this week. And Lord willing, next week we will continue our discussion on evangelism with John Mitchell. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.